0: Hello, creeps. I'll be your ghost. I mean, host. As we delve the crypts of spooky movies and even spookier theory, welcome to Horror Vanguard. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Good, good evening, potentially, depending on the uh, time of day you're listening to this episode. Uh it's uh it's a very special day of the year I might say. This is uh this is my HV birthday episode of the year. I've I've chosen something a little slimy for us. But before we get into that, uh how is it going uh wonderful friend and co-ghost of the show, John aka at the liquor guy?
1: Well, I'm I'm feeling uh less like a coherent subject and more like a mycelial swarm. <laughs> uh we we're great. Uh, the the biofungus is is strong and healthy. Uh, I'm snacking on some delicious oats. Um, oh, excellent. Yep. I, my my consciousness is dispersed across multiple interlocking nodes that uh, communicate through uh, base <laughs> biologic processes. I'm feeling I'm am ready to podcast. Oh my god! Yeah, we're we're just
0: we, this whole episode is us going to be functionally rewriting Asaphale. So this is going to be amazing.
1: it's gonna be and it's gonna be so much fun because we are celebrating the special birthday birthday of co-ghost and producer extraordinaire ash and i am long-time listeners long-time listeners and uh uh (laughs) short-time listeners too will be aware that ash has uh strange powerful psychic spores that are triggered whenever we talk about (laughs) slime And we have an entire slime-based episode for Ash's birthday. Um, Receive the spores that are being transmitted to your consciousness right now as Ash explains to us what 2014's The Creeping Garden
0: is all about. Just got to get ready to read the Precy by putting some birthday candles in these loose fistful of oats that I have before me. (laughs) We've said a lot on this show that horror wants to do things to your body, but what if it's too late? What if those dire machinations that horror intends have not only already begun, but already have been completed? A researcher managing the collection of fungi and slime molds at the Kew Royal Botanical Gardens stated that if slime molds were eliminated from the planet, we might not ever notice. Slime molds have an uncertain place in ecology. The importance of their role has yet to be fully and clearly spelled out in ways that are much more apparent to creatures, or much more apparent than creatures like wolves and fungi. This line, however, intrigued me. What does it mean if we notice the roles, impacts, and potencies that slime has in our world? Clearly, a direct answer to this question can be formed. Correlating the actions of slimes would help us to articulate conservation efforts where needed and better understand the emergent nexuses within the web of life. After all, when we notice canines, is it only for an abstracted value they bring to an ecological system? Why have we not considered this question in reverse? To the slime, what does it matter if humans were eliminated from the planet? Would slime notice? Slime is... Physically and theoretically, the point at which connections form into ruptures. The potential of the new is the potential for slime. Slime contains within itself the best exploration of spontaneity and organization in political effort. Slime both erupts from hidden places in waves and undulations, and is structured on a complex and well-balanced system of organization. To the acephalic slime, there is no organization, only movement and all movement is directed by hands, seen or unseen. Slime has within itself the potential for both negative and positive ontologies. Not moralized, but slimed. Slime is woven into rotten decay. Not an agent of either, but but an ultimate reaper that feeds off of the meta-process of change. You should be afraid of sudden waves of slime bursting forth. However, slime is also beautiful and a cause for joy the rupture of slime is quite often connected with moments of proto-divine bliss. Slime evades taxonomical shackling. It is, itself, a meta-category based more on vibes and spirit than on biological essences that can be readily pinned down. Is there anything more human than that? Anything more human than slime? Whether you see humanity's future in the stars or here on Earth, the only direction to which we can run is slime. All points are stellar or cosmic in origin. Regardless of literal panspermia, we are the manifestations of celestial vomit. The material vomit of the stars, the literal vomit of slowly changing slimes, and so forth. Rather than debasing, the eternal wellspring of hope is something that will ooze out of us rather than something that could ever dry up. As the alchemists of old wrote, salvo et coagula, to dissolve and congeal, Become slimic with us as
1: we discuss the creeping garden. I just want to say uh, hello to all of the delersians who just started listening. Uh, by strange <laughs> coincidence, as soon as they sensed Ash's Pracy just existing somewhere in the ether, uh, welcome to the latest podcast rhizome that you will find yourself uh, uh, being drawn into. Uh, we're all very glad that you're
0: here. <laughs> A th- thousand and one pe- Petri dishes? Is that is that the joke I'm going with?
1: Uh, oh, what fun. What a, what a great, what a great Pricey. What an amazing Pricey. Um, and yeah, I know you've made, you made several, several very online subsects of, of theory, Twitter, extremely <laughs> happy with that one. Um, I, I have my
0: niche audience and I seek to please them when and how I can. <laughs> And we we love to stratify
1: that niche and become yet even more niche as we <laughs> Other podcasts like to get get more popular. No, we like we want to double down yep. and get even more niche and weird.
0: It's a hun- hundred episodes from now. You and I are just going to be talking about what
1: we've seen underneath a log for three hours straight. Um, I genuinely do think that uh, for your next birthday episode, we should just do a full episode that is just one of your
0: praises. Oh my god, I I was actually thinking about. Because we joke about that every now and then, and I was thinking about like could c- could i could I do it how 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 many words would that be? how long would that be? It would be like eight or ten thousand words i think I think we can do it
1: i think i think uh so my rule of thumb is uh twenty minutes is about three thousand words, so you're probably talking about twelve twelve thousand words easy fine what's what's a fifth of a full length book we could do
0: this <laughs> Oh, we are talking about now that oh my god, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt, but now that we've said that, it's already happened.
1: There's yeah, already there's already yeah, a okay.
0: moment in our in our disconnected flow of time where like I can feel myself having read that already.
1: Yeah, uh, what you what we're going to do is I will I will be on the call. Co- I will be on the call. <laughs> we I will I will introduce you and I will listen and respond in live. <laughs> to an entire episode that is just one of your prices. I'm just... I can, I can see the
0: files in my head. Like, I see the waveform in the editing, and I see mine is just this whole block of lines, and then yours is just like a blip every five minutes. Oh, uh, beautiful, really, it's that's, happening. That, that's, that's what peak horror vanguard looks like.
1: <laughs> we 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 are attaining podcaster perfection here. Um, But before we get to that, we are talking about 2014's The Creeping Garden, a... A kind of fun, cozy, very chill documentary about slime. <laughs> uh, I, I hesitate to ask, I really do, but where would you like to begin?
0: Uh, so one, one thing I want to, I, I think where we should start in, in this is the idea of time magnification which uh something I learned while watching this documentary um there's a conversation with a film film archivist film researcher in this and they were talking about how the initial uh stop motion recordings weren't stop motion they they were referred to as
1: time magnification uh yes so uh obviously what we would now call a uh, time lapse mm-hmm. um it was originally called time magnification and i think so uh for people who don't know uh, slime mold uh moves it it has a has as we will get onto a kind of consciousness it has a kind of intellect um even if we don't scientifically we don't really understand how or what that consciousness is mm-hmm. and it it moves and so the very first one of the very first scientific films is is this kind of uh a what we would now call a time lapse of slime mold but uh, by the developer of this technique was referred to as time magnification. God, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, do you want to unpack that phrase? So when I heard
0: that, I'm like, why did we ever switch over to time lapse? It is such a faulty way of looking at this. Like the the whole purpose is to like because slime molds move incredibly slowly from the human perspective right you you can't really watch these things move they're just too slow it's like watching your house plants reorient themselves to follow the setting sun but through time magnification we can magnify the processes of time just like we can magnify distance through through a camera lens and what is the whole point of cinema if not this unique ability to control the flow of time it is it is just sh- on on nothing more than a naming convention and a use of language and connected connecting that to how we view a medium artistically like time magnification, we're bringing back time magnification in the year of 2023 time lapse is dead to me it is only time
1: magnification now i mean in a way uh, i i bring up this quote a lot it's a tarkovsky's quote about film mm-hmm. like what is the what is the unique contribution of cinema the unique contribution of cinema is the image that begins and ends you know when you when you when you shout action and when you sh- shout "cut," like you're yep. you're not just you're not just you're not just you're, you're cutting into time, right? You aren't you aren't capturing an image. You are literally m- making visible time itself. Like a, a photograph is an image of a moment in time, mm-hmm. but as soon as the image can move, you are capturing time itself. Yeah, you you are representing time and the other thing about magnification which is a super interesting word choice i think is that it presupposes time as being experientially different to different kinds of consciousness right our, our sense of time is too zoomed out to make sense mm-hmm. of the slime mold unless we actually magnify not our not not simply our own perception but our experience of time so watching this watching this film is a super relaxing process it's not very long it's only like uh Eighty minutes or so but it's got something kind of really uh it has a kind of almost hypnotic effect right oh absolutely and when you see
0: when you see the slime molds moving in what is their real time it is it is so rhythmic and soothing and oddly oddly human in a way there's a uh, so one of one of the uh time magnification films that that they watch is that slime underneath magnification uh growing forward and then the filmmaker places a pellet of some kind of poison next to the slime and then you watch kind of in real time as the slime touches it to see what it is you realize that it's harmful and poisonous and then immediately recoil and create this little trench to prevent itself from heading back in that direction
1: yeah, and, and in, yeah, there's, it's like a, it's like a, it looks like a wave, right? It yeah. looks like a wave on a, on a seashore that kind of rushes in and then rushes backwards.
0: It, it re, I mean, like it really, truly did remind me of touching a pot that was too hot. You know that sensation of you touch it and then and then there's that realization of oh this is thing I should not be I should not be touching this and then you just pull your hand back really quickly, and then you don't touch it again because it's bad for you, right? Like it, it was this incredibly humanizing moment
1: we're like well actually oh, actually I want to I want to kind of reverse that oh please I want to re- reverse that logic which is like it's not a humanizing moment mm-hmm. that moment is not about being quote like that moment is about being uh, uh the 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 because we because I think sometimes when we say it's a human moment we go like oh there's a kind of higher consciousness yep. involved but actually like it 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 shows how close we are to uh like Objects or or beings that seem to have no consciousness at all, right? It's a kind of it's a it's a physical moment. It's an embodied moment, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily like a moment of like we are. It's not that the, the slime is like us. But I think it, the reverse is far more true, which is that we are so much closer to slime. No, that is that is absolutely
0: correct. That reminds me of, um, entangled life, the Merlin Sheldrake
1: book. Yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: Banger. phenomenal everyone go read that now it's so so damn good but they they make that a, a very a very similar riff on the the points that we're fleshing out here where when whenever we seek to humanize or anthropomorphize you know fungi or slimes we are also making ourselves mycological or slimic
1: now uh again long-term listeners will know that last year you did something which has <laughs> fundamentally rewired your brain um, yeah that did that which is that you watched the longest film ever made which is the how many hours long is it oh my god 857 857 hour film logistics and you coined like a really great phrase which i love which is like durational cinema which kind of ties into all these questions of like, how do you capture time? How do you, when time is that kind of long or deep, how do you accurately preserve it on, on decomposable and fallible and fragile technology? And I think in this case, uh, the, the phrase that I put in the notes was ontological logistics. I loved that. Like, th- this is this is a kind of being that has such a different conception and experience of time that we have to actually reorient our modes of perception in order to engage with it. So it's through the perception and experience and passage of time that you can actually bridge a divide between things which seem so kind of radically ontologically divergent.
0: Oh, abs- absolutely, right? And, and how we engage with time is is so, so crucially important. Like the fact that logistics... Logistics could have sped up that motion by a, a factor of hundreds, if not thousands, to make it an hour-long feature-length film, and you just watch the whole thing in, in fast forward, right? Or even time-lapse <laughs> to, to better absorb the slowness of something, but actually watching the slowness Right. Being forced to kind of commune with an event on its terms. Right. Like to to force yourself to change, to be able to see something like like I'm going to um, I have a plan to start cultivating a few slime molds here in a few months once it warms up and it'll be a little bit easier. And I am very <laughs> this is this is oh, my God, I'm just slowly turning into Egon. I am so excited uh, to as a hobby collect slimes, more uh, as <laughs> mold, spores and fungi. <laughs> I think that's going to be great. I think that's going to be so cool. It's going to be pretty gooey, which is what I'm looking forward to. But uh, before things get too too gooey, would you like to talk about a short film also made by the director of The Creeping Garden called Rotten? Yes. Let us do it. Let us do it. Uh, so Rotten, uh, I think it's... Go on, go on. It's about a three-minute film, give or take. Um, it is... It was filmed with this device called the iClops, which is an incredibly small macro camera. And it's uh, effectively macro footage of some snails hanging out and snailing around, um, scored with interesting music scored with like sci-fi music, which is the same spirit as the creeping garden. And this, this film is, I would say it's, it's 100% a science fiction film with a lot of horror elements thrown in there. Um, but rotten, I, I think so it's like close up of a snail, and then it was filmed onto VHS. and it is it is so snails, of course, are you know, a, a type of slime in a way. And again, like I, I know someone in our audience has a degree in biology and they just they just cringed hard at me saying that. But I mean, like slime is a vibe. You know, snails are slime y therefore they are a type of slime. and and to connect that to VHS, I think is so important because like, yeah, as as I said in the pre um, the the kind of curator of the fungi collection at the Kew Garden commented that you know we might not because we don't really know what role slimes play in their ecosystem very thoroughly, we wouldn't necessarily miss them if they were gone, and and to to tie that in kind of indirectly to VHS I think is so so important because. You know, like we we can think of all these kind of like pseudo mythological cases from antiquity where like great libraries were burnt down and huge swathes of human creative endeavors were just eradicated. Uh, Same same as well within uh, ethnocidal events. And then the loss of VHS feels like it's interwoven into all of this, right? Like an appreciation of slime, an appreciation of endeavor, this kind of respect for we don't necessarily know what's important until we've lost it and we need it again
1: precisely and actually this is this is vhs is really the kind of last iteration of it, of the long problem of the biodegradability of film itself yeah. right film is film rots film decays mm-hmm. film is un, uh, film ha- has a kind of biology to it yeah. on a cellular on a cellular level on the level of celluloid um it it uh, falls like so so much of cinematic history has rotted away mm-hmm. yep has it's crumbled away into dust has has been uh has become you know uh, carbohydrate hydrate fuel cellular fuel for the uh mold and slimes of 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 modernity and it's like vhs i think is interesting because it's like in a way the, we've talked about the paradox of of um representational fidelity so many times mm-hmm. right but uh, if you look at the perfect digital copy that's now paywalled, and you rent rather than own, and you probably can't find uh, huge amounts of film because they've been locked to different regions of the internet, um, you have something that's perfect, but kind of sterile. It, it lacks the kind of like libidinal life of something like thirty-five millimeter mm-hmm. or reels of film that had to be stored in uh, you know atmosphere-controlled rooms or VHS. It's like there is this obsolescence and fragility to cinema that does connect it. I think really in a way that people don't acknowledge to other other forms of contingency that art like embodies. Oh, absolutely, and I think it's it's important to highlight in this
0: context that like slime slime was originally you know like and, and now it's its own thing. Right, slime gets to hang out on its own because it used to be thought to be an animal, because it moves, and we don't consider plants and fungi to be things that can move on their own. Right, then then got slime was part of fungi, right? Because slime likes to hang around rot and decay, but it turns out it's doing that because it eats the stuff that is associated with rot and decay. It's like part of this meta process, um, and, and so like there there is something deeply embodied about how we recognize and kind of taxonomically organized slime right it, it is it is very much a sense of feeling a sense of spirit that gives slime its category and the same is true yeah. about vhs vhs you you can digitize a vhs tape and we, which is is good in a lot of respects it makes it easier to circulate especially with technologies that we have today but like part of watching a vhs tape is adjusting tracking part of watching vhs tape is fishing out a jam Right, like it is a deeply physical medium that you have to connect with, right? Like blowing into an old NES game to try and get it to work again, you know?
1: Yeah, the 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 imperfection is, the elimination of imperfection is a kind of like fascist ontology. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> no, that is, that is ab-
0: absolutely correct because if we demand perfect fidelity, we in turn, like one of the most horrifying things about 4K is you are unable to hide from it you you cannot hide anything all of the old tricks even the newer tricks like you can see cg cg effects through 4k because it absorbs so much information like it is so brutally transparent it's it's disenchanting in a way
1: i think that's the point right there is a disenchantment to it there's a there is an inescapable disenchantment mm-hmm. to it and and so much of these films uh the of of rotten and the creeping garden there is there it's 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 being reminded that decay is not the same thing as an end decay is merely the shift of one thing from a certain state into another and at the moment of that shift it's the interstitiality where like these interesting possibilities start to emerge of what of what thing a could become as it is changed into thing B.
0: And I think that that, I mean, like, because slime, slime molds as well, just, just embody, embody this lesson in such a perfect way. When we, the, the, this is something they do share with fungi, right? When I say fungi, I, I guarantee you so many people are thinking mushrooms, but that's just, that's just the fruiting body. That's not even the fruit, right? In a sense, the fruit would be the spores, I guess, but like the real life of the fungus is subterranean, right? It's the hyphae. It's the mycological networks underground, right? The, the, the mushroom itself is there to serve this reproductive role and then vanish while, while the fungi under the ground lives further. And slime, slime again shares that. When we think of and we notice slime, we, we recognize this big gooey mass um but that's that's only slime during part of its life cycle you know sl- slime is a single-celled organism that that only collectivizes its action when it needs to to overcome certain material obstacles which is something maybe we can draw lessons from yeah <laughs> but, but you know, i'm just a absolutely. film critic what do i know
1: what what do, what do we know we're, we're just we we're just we're just people who like to watch movies <laughs> you know there's probably <laughs> it doesn't mean just- anything just- good grief don't unionize your workplace because
0: nature does this stuff all the time to overcome material obstacles. That would be silly. Ooh, speaking of being silly, do you want to talk about a, uh, a certain a certain filmmaker from the turn of the century who kind of foreshadows what happens in the Creeping Garden? Well, I think you should. I think you should lead us into this section of the Formalism Zone. So there is a filmmaker whose works I absolutely love. Um, who at some point we need to do an episode on Jean-Panlevé on horror vanguard. Um, But uh, he was uh, uh, alive between 1902 and 1989, um, and he is considered a renegade maverick of scientific documentary filmmaking. Um, His works include Seahorse, Freshwater Assassins, The Vampire, The Love Life of the Octopus. Um, Just just phenomenal films. And his approach to these are these are documentary films about deep sea creatures Uh, But Jean-Penlevé's approach to the documentary style was one interwoven with emotion and fictive storytelling, right? They're very dramatic pieces of documentary work. Um, And and in a way, like, this is the necessary precursor for The Creeping Garden.
1: Yes, absolutely. And this idea of, like, presenting the world without us, right? This is not a world that is that should be anthropomorphized. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's about possibly decentering the anthros yeah. um in in the anthropocene. Oh absolutely. Right? This idea that actually the world without us involves necessarily involves the recognition of consciousness that is not our own. Which I think there there would be this impulse to 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 kind of say that
0: oh then the correct documentary style is something super flat and and factual and detached right to try and but i think that that's actually a a super insertion of the human to 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 make things free of any kind of like emotion or feeling to do as you kind of alluded to earlier to create this like fascistic sentiment but i think the way a way to get out of ourselves when we create art is to to be open to our we nature as emotional beings to not try to hide from ourselves when we create something Because we we only encounter the octopus on our terms, not just
1: its terms. This is the point, right? That the slime mold and and uh, Panlevy's work uh, kind of helps bring home, which is like getting us out of Mm -hmm. our own heads. Like it's it's you know you can watch it the the creeping garden and it's like psychedelia, right? But like that's entirely the point of psyched of Mm -hmm. psychedelia. Uh, is to reveal the mind by sort of like blowing it outwards into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing and the other thing these films bring up is, is like the problem of definitions, right? So like what is the slime mold? Historically, it was classified along with uh, mm-hmm. fungi uh, then then, of course, because it moves, it exhibits certain ty- types of intelligence. It was classified as an animal. Um, So it is, it is neither, it is neither vegetable nor animal, but a secret (laughs) third thing. (laughs) But like, but like, uh, it's, it's, interstitiality is not necessarily a problem if you have a kind of philosophical acceptance of the nature of contingency. If you seek to eliminate contingency, the, 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 the possibility of, of taxonomic ambiguity becomes something that is exceptionally dangerous yes. to embrace right so like it isn't a surprise that biological uh, biology's taxonomies were kind of formalized in the era of like scientific racism yep. british imperialism and this idea of like going out into the world and classifying um which is in its own way a sort of like a, a degradation of the old enlightenment dream of the mm-hmm. encyclopedia you know the kind of mind that can produce consciousness um so so it's like the problem. the pro the destabilization of the slime is is necessarily a problem for those who think that taxon- taxonomy is rigid necessarily. Oh, absolutely. Um so, so I used to work in a butterfly garden for, for
0: a while. <laughs> this this all makes sense, just bear with me. Um and one of the things that you learn about butterflies and moths over the course of time is that one of the key deciding taxonomical factors of whether something gets to be a butterfly or a moth is who found it and what were they kind of feeling at the time? Were they vibing? Yeah, um, totally. There, there are a few things like fuzzy, ant- fuzzy antennae, d- diurnal, nocturnal, but those rules are broken all the time. It is a vibes-based discourse. So you are 100% correct that, that approaching these things as if they are iron and absolute and concrete is very very dangerous specifically because the the people who benefit most from that line of thinking are also trying to sell us new phrenologies
1: yes absolutely like and and this is the kind of beautiful thing that i really like about this documentary which is like the slime mold is is Mm -hmm. cinematic right And, and what is cinema it's this beautiful art form that exists somewhere between painting with light and photography like, I, I think that it's it's very nature is about the interstitiality of what happens in the moment of action, like when 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 a gesture can become something other than itself, um, you know I think that's that's beautiful. The slime the slime mold is cinema. You're you're
0: absolutely correct, and I think it's it's kind of no wonder to me that this increased attention to slime molds and fungi kind of kind of happens alongside the advent of the moving image. Right, because these, this kind of like, we'll get onto this later when we start talking about biocomputers and music, but the the advent of cinema as a human art and human technology allows us to connect to the natural world in ways that our own biological faculties wouldn't allow us, and it allows us to perceive a very relatable life in slime and in fungi, and and in in a way like the the fact of the existence of cinema. Kind of bridges this communicative gap between two incredibly disrelated species of creature.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. And it's like there's the beautiful moment with our with the amateur mycologist right at the beginning. He says that it's just about love for the natural world, right? What the slime doesn't ask anything of us, and actually takes t- it takes mm-hmm. attention. Right. If you want to, if you want to find slime mold, you have to pay huge amounts of attention to things that we ordinarily pass by, and it's like uh, there's there's something kind of beautiful about that. There's something kind of really endearing about this kind of this guy who's just yeah. on a walk in the woods, and 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 is like peering under rotted logs and like uh, kind of bashfully explaining he has to take pictures because otherwise people <laughs> think he's weird. But it's like no king, like. Genuine, genuine attention is such a rare and beautiful form of generosity, um, and its generosity extended even to the non-human, and I think that's a kind of beautiful ethical posture to try and embody. I love
0: that this documentary focuses on amateurs and and takes us out of the kind of scientific research laboratory setting. I, I am so yeah. happy that the majority of people discussed in this documentary, this cutting edge film about slime and research and science and knowing they're archivists, they're historians, they're artists, and they're amateurs. You know, like we, we spend very little time in a professional laboratory and an amazing amount of time with people trying to creatively commune with slime molds. And just that, that, that guy's character just him wandering the woods near his home looking for slimes and documenting documenting them like that that is like the most utopian thing in this whole movie just just imagine what he could be accomplishing if he wasn't
1: held back by a day job <laughs> you know like there's something really lovely about that like the the love of the amateur and uh, as someone points out amateur uh, comes from the same isn't it yep. isn't it the latin root is amor uh Yep. Amorous, like love, amor. Uh, uh, and I think that's that's great. That's great. And what a great way of wrapping up the formalism zone. But as we move into the discourse, uh, I should bring up that if you would like <laughs> to... Uh, am I, am I going to do it? I, what, do what do you got? Am I, I going to do this? Am I am I going to say that if you want to help support the love Aww. of the amateur, but the love of the amateur for cultural analysis and for, for film... Uh, you can do that. You can you can sustain us through Patreon.com/horrorvanguard/horrorvanguard.com, where you get early access, you get bonus episodes, you get a whole stack of other goodies. Um, but yeah, if you like what we do, if you if you want to help us keep keep doing what we do, please do get involved for just a few bucks. And you know what?
0: It's only gonna cost you less than a fistful of oats. so where would you like to begin our slip and
1: slime into the discourse zone i think we have to talk about subjectivity um and the nature of the slime Uh, and i think particularly we should talk about how slime subjectivity kind of necessarily involves a reorientation of what we think of human subjectivity and the bit in the film that i'm talking about is where the artists get the kind of gallery attendees Mm -hmm. to be the slime um i i'm just super curious what did you think what do you think about that? i love that so i've done some game studies
0: research where where we've done similar things kind of tricked and or coerced people into playing games that they weren't super aware of what they were doing and it, it is always fascinating to me to watch people kind of independently congeal into a greater consciousness to solve a problem and and that's kind of kind of exactly what happens there in, in in the slime game that they were playing the the ludic aspects of this and and indeed the ludic aspects throughout all of this film is so there's something about slime that's and we could talk about like this in, in context with Nickelodeon or Noel's house party right there's something about slime that's inherently playful.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the slime is 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 a game. It's it's. Mm-hmm. in constant motion it is kind of self defining its own rules it is in constant communication with its various constituent uh, uh parts um it's making decisions uh as we will uh, talk mm-hmm. about when we get onto the music um and it's it's there is a kind of like uh beautiful spon- spontaneity to it Oh, absolutely. Right. Like this, it's like,
0: Oh, there, there, there's elements from Heisinger's homo ludens that I'm just, I'm just never, ever, ever going to forget. And, and just, just the, the, again, to like play with ideas of taxonomy, right? Like we, we classically orient ourselves as homo sapiens, right? The, the ape that can think, but what if we oriented life around ideas like play, you know, what, what does it, what does it mean to consider so much of what we do a game, a game whose rules we could change to, 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 kind of extract seriousness from otherwise serious problems
1: yeah absolutely and it's like there's there's the there's the kind of like slightly reactionary uh kind of cliche of like oh w- humanity is the real no, virus it- and it's like uh no it isn't but humanity could be the <laughs> slime <laughs> hell yes Yes, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. We humanity was the slime all along. We can overcome this problem by banding together and just gooing over it. <laughs> <clears throat> so, what do you what do you think then about? I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the kind of intelligence of slime. A lot of this documentary is spent on uh, re- researchers. Uh, so, so the setup was they they effectively made a large petri dish and put uh, little pieces of oats um, where big cities would be in the United States and in England and in Tokyo or in Japan. Um, and then the slime kind of like naturally recreate uh, roads and train lines and kind of like they, they naturally mimic the most efficient paths of travel between two places.
1: Yeah. And I think what's interesting to me about this is like it, it is – the way that every, all the kind of like scientists and mycologists go uh it's there's an intelligence here but we don't i don't know what it is <laughs> like i don't get it and it just shows that we have an incredibly limited conception mm-hmm. of what intellect is and what mind is uh, and so much of our scientific discourse around intelligence is bound up in, you know, eugenicist, racist, uh, quantitative measures of of IQ, uh, which has no real reflection on, on intelligence, but just on one's ability to function in capitalist modernity. And it's like, we don't actually know, or we don't actually have a really good grasp on the yeah. concept of mind and the idea of minds which are non-human. Um, and again, so much of... Uh, I, I thought the stuff about Rhodes was really interesting because it suggests a kind of, like, there is, there is a kind of collective unconscious, mm-hmm. I think, right? There is a kind of collective, deep-seated, shared vibe-based mind that we exist in in some ways isn't social media just an externalization of that it's why it's so ripe for freudian analysis yes I, right? I i
0: was gonna say like oh listeners if you can hear that low rumbling uh that's that's carl Jung. we keep him chained up in the horror vanguard crypt don't worry he won't get out it's safe <laughs>
1: yes absolutely Uh, what about you what do you think
0: um uh yeah you know there's nothing archetypical going on here there's nothing collective uh there's nothing unconscious um please please ignore the the big glowing Carl Jung blimp behind me
1: yeah I am a separate I am an individual say
0: all the people (laughs) listening to this at the same time but I, I think this is incredibly fascinating right like I think this is the one of the most interesting approaches right like Slimes, slimes did what we did. You know, you you have a road between two cities. You figure out, and then like further modulations of this study put barriers in the way to mimic rivers or mountains, impassable objects, right? Like that humans could not, you know, drive through or train through. And the slime did what we did, and that's they figured out a way around it. And and they like the slime can also remember this. They 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 trained slime to solve a maze to find food, and the slime can remember the path of the maze. That kind of comment that you mentioned where the researchers were like, oh, there's some, there's an intelligence here, but we don't know what it is. Like there's, there's something like, there's something like carpenter going on here right like there's there's this alien intelligence there's this thing that solves puzzles and remembers and comes up with clever plans
1: yeah i did i did suddenly yep. go oh this is a horror movie when they were talking about giving the slime mold robots <gasps> oh my
0: god yes yes so they part of the film uh, they're visiting some researchers who uh <clears throat> use slime as the processor for a little robot that can drive around and and the slime starts driving and it is,
1: and you go, oh yeah, cool. This is fine. This is like this is like the thing. If they went, uh, yeah, why don't we just bring it inside? It's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, sounds neat. Let's give it a car. <laughs> yeah, let's let's give it a car and like uh advanced electronics.
0: Which which I think like part of this to me is like again like homo ludens, right? Like we 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 see a slime, we go like, I wonder if it's smart, and then our next thought is, I wonder if I could give it a car. And then, you know, later on, researchers are trying to figure out ways to communicate with it. And it's it's just like there, there there is something horrifying about that. And I think for me, the horror kind of comes from like, I know in my heart that if they found out that slimes could like really efficiently pilot a vehicle, that there would be there would be unmanned slime driven missiles or something. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is what I was expecting. I was expecting them to be like, and now we've partnered with the US Department of yep. Defense because the slime will work out the most efficient way of delivering predator drones <laughs> uh, and Hellfire
0: missiles. The fact that it doesn't go there, at least at least not yet, right? Like, like in time and with certain research successes, it naturally has to. But the fact that it hasn't gone there, I, I think is in a practiced representation of what a better world could look like without bloated military budgets.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this new concept of of intellect, which is so much more interesting than, like, the eternal recurrence of, like, AI discourse.
0: That I, I really like, because the researchers in this are expressly talking about how we've kind of over-focalized AI. And this is causing us to miss other forms of intelligence and other ways of networking with those forms of intelligence like like the researchers are very much in their early steps with this stuff or at least they were in 2014 when this came out but attempting to weave computer technology into slime as as a way of thinking as a way of knowing as a way of I guess de facto communing with the natural world and so much of AI is like AI is structured on one of two things. One, um, either stealing all of the creative output of the entire human endeavor and tricking us into thinking it's done something interesting or useful, or two, it's literally underpaid workers in the global South who are doing the things like the, the AI pizza robot. It's, it's not a robot. There's a guy getting paid pennies to, to, the, to the hour driving the damn thing. Yeah. It's a
1: trick. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Whereas this is like a, a, this is not a trick. This is a potential. Yes. And it requires a humbling
0: too, I I think in a certain sense, or maybe, maybe humbling is a bit too dramatic. It requires a decentralized or a decentering of anthropocentric viewpoints. Right. Because if slime is somehow smart enough to accomplish these tasks, then one, that means we're not as smart as we thought we were, or we're not as unique in our intellect rather and two, like, if if slime can do this, I, I, part of me lives in fear of the day we figure out how to effectively communicate with whales or dolphins. And, and the, the, it's, it's very Lovecraftian, in a sense, opening up that door of knowing, you know, realizing that there are other things that we can commune with in certain ways. Um, and slime, if, it, if slime can do it, I wonder
1: what else can. Yeah. No, that's such a great point. That's such a great point. Should we talk about, should we talk about music? Yeah, let's, let's talk about slime making tunes. Let's talk about (laughs) Slimecore.
0: Oh my God. Um, So through part of this documentary, some of the researchers are looking at how they can make music with slime and not using slime as an instrument, but kind of converting the impulses in slime into a sonic experience that's human readable because that's i mean like in a very broad sense that is what translation is you you you're taking a text that can't be absorbed by one sentience and transfer transferring it into something that can be yeah and like there there's a researcher who who's getting these signals from slime and he's composing alongside it in pia- with a piano and like creating music and there's also um i know i know uh, this artist from TikTok and Bandcamp or not TikTok I'm not on TikTok I'm too old I'm on Instagram um, I know this artist from Instagram and fancam, Myco Loco. Uh, uh, they 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 hook up various electrodes and other doodads to fungi and then convert that into synth music. Um, what do you what do you make of this? What do you make of you know translating the slime into uh, tunes?
1: I think it's a really I think it's a really kind of uh, smart way of bridging the gap because what you get access to is you get access to the emotional register mm-hmm. of slime consciousness. Oh, yeah. Like there's a moment where they track the electrical impulses of slime um, when it runs out of food. Mm-hmm. And you get to hear the sound of panic before it makes a decision and goes into hibernation mode. Yeah, And it's like, it it has a kind of emotional coherence that really can only be communicated through sound because that's like our perceptions are so limited compared to its.
0: Absolutely. And I think we, we are deeply musical creatures.
1: It, it is something
0: inherent to the human condition. Every society, everywhere, we're always just coming up with new kinds of music to play and listen to and enjoy. It is such a natural first step. And, and I think it, it's so valuable. Like we're, we're, we're talking about the intelligence of a slime mold and we're, we're, we're attempting to communicate it. We're attempting to become equals in a certain respect with slime. Um, and hang on, I have to move my cat because someone is having a lot of fun, but he's also knocking over my mic. Um, but so we're 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 communicating in this musical way, right? With slime, and I I find this to just be so fascinating because is this not language? Is this is this not an initial attempt? Is this is this not Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra?
1: Like, come on, this is isn't this great? Aren't we having fun? <laughs> I mean, like the thing—the thing that I think is like, like music is, in a sense, a way of expanding consciousness. Um, right? Or, or listening—listening yeah. to music—that's what it's about, right? This is—I'm thinking about our opera episode, oh, yeah. right? where it's where it's about the expansion of our emotional register music expands consciousness and isn't that isn't that necessary for there to be any kind of slime human relationship
0: oh exactly and and again to like maybe make this a little anthropocentric for a second like this is literally the process of acquiring another language just on a more extreme scale you know, you you, yeah. you by by definition need to expand the the limitations of your perception and your consciousness to pick up a second tongue.
1: Yes, absolutely, and absolutely. And like, at the moment, we have no other language apart from, you know, changing electrical impulse into into noise. Um, and it's like there's there's possibility within that if we are willing to allow ourselves to listen.
0: So one, one thing that one, that is beautiful and an amazing way to put that. Um, and so to tie that into the next part of the documentary that I think we should touch on is the, the documentary. So the same researchers using very similar technologies to convert slimes, electric impulses into music, um, are also able to use that technology to help in, individuals with uh quote unquote locked in syndrome, right? Like people paralyzed from the neck down, yeah. lost a lot of communicative ability, um, Using this technology, they're able to compose music. And the documentary takes us to the uh, paramusical ensemble, uh, which, which is people with yes. this condition using these technologies. Um, and several of them were musicians uh, before their um, illnesses or accidents happened to them. And they're using this technology to to play music, to record music, to work with an orchestra, to work with each other, to to compose, to communicate, to connect again. And and the fact that this comes about in conjunction with research in, into talking with slime, I, I think only illustrates that we we only think that we can communicate with each other. The the tr- true spectrum of human connectivity is still something that's kind of occulted and mysterious to us.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a sense, in a sense, if you accept a very strict Cartesian yes. subjectivity, we are we are we are locked yes. in. We are trapped within ourselves. But we don't have mm-hmm. to be. E- even even when that seems most kind of like biologically determined through like through an accident through illness, like there are ways around it if we learn from the slime.
0: I- exactly, exactly on on so many levels, and there, there's just so much about this like there, there there's an unsettling terror that goes through the creeping garden. And part of that is the assertive science fiction presence. It's how they're filming this. It's because we're talking about slime, which is gooey and weird and slightly monstrous. But I think for me during my viewing and and as I've reflected on this film for a while now, one of the things that has become so scary, I guess, in quotes about this is how hopeful it is, how much change that there is to be done, how much I need to change in order to facilitate greater change and as part
1: of it. Like becoming slimy in a way. Well, really, it's about this understanding of humanity is enmeshed within the web of life, right? And there is something there is something there is something hopeful about that, but it is it it's it's terrifying. It's terrifying because it means that you necessarily have to become something else than what you already are. Um, you know, I talk about Thomas Ligotti's yep. work quite a lot, and Legotti's short stories are full of these protagonists that have this moment where they could become something else and in some some ways it's it's too much it's too much to deal with because it kind of shatters yourself before it reconstitutes mm-hmm. you and like that's 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 genuinely terrifying but it is also the ground of a very kind of immediate hope Absolutely. And
0: I, I think this, this takes me back to the idea of time magnification, uh, because we, we do not see ourselves properly. And when, when I say properly, I mean, we don't see ourselves in the same context that we can now see slime. You know, we see slime undulating and moving in waves throughout the entire course of its lifespan, moving through phases and cycles, reproducing, dying, hibernating, coming back to life. We, we only see ourselves moment to moment, through our own eyes, in our own lives. And when we think about the motions of human civilization, we have been duped into seeing this as great man history, right? Uh, the, the directed orchestration of individual leaders pushing people in directions. When I, I think if we're a bit more fair and a bit more slimy about how we look at ourselves, we're also undulating in waves. You know, we're pulsing, we're moving back, we're drawing forward. We, we would be slimy under the right time magnification scale.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. If we, if we accept deep time, Mm -hmm. you know, think of ourselves as far smaller than we are, you know, if we look up at the stars and like where the, the kind of drifts and eons of time that exist in the, in the great kind of cosmic vastness of space, you know, what, what are we, if not kind of teeming forward and backwards over this Mm -hmm. small rock? And it's like, you know, if we just look upwards, look upwards and kind of recognize our, our finitude, our, our self finitude and self contingency. Um, any, any final thoughts you want to bring up?
0: I, I think the last thing I would say is it, I, I appreciate the web of life as, as a concept, right? The interconnected nature of everything. But I find that sometimes that approach is a bit static in certain respects, Right. A web implies a certain fixity, you know, like everything has its place and it stays there and it's stuck because webs are sticky. But I think that it's almost more of the, the slime mold of existence. You know, we, we are not divorceable from the world around us. We're not above it. We're not beneath it. We are woven into it entirely. You know, like our our bodies are full of neutral and beneficial bacteria that are just along for the ride that is us. And some of those have impacts on our mood and our decision-making and our perception. You know, we are we are not these kind of, like, sentient islands observing and moving through the natural world. We're part of this, you know, like, squishy, undulating ebb and flow.
1: I cannot think of a better place, of a better line upon which to end. Goo! <laughs> <laughs> We didn't even get to
0: talk about the gunge train. We are like, oh, there's still so much. There's slime everywhere, everyone. <laughs> like oh, like
1: a like a children's TV show in the '90s. There's <laughs> just slime everywhere. Every, everything goes back to
0: Mister Blobby. There is no way. His, look at his name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's 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 how my birthday episode goes out. We're just, we're just gonna we're gonna talk about how Mister Blobby comes for us all in time.
1: But of course, but of course, <laughs> there, there we go.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you everyone uh, for joining me on this very special time of the year to talk about uh, various types of slime and a great documentary, The Creeping Garden. Uh, check it out. And we look forward to seeing you next week when we're back with another spooky film that may or may not be a documentary about slime. <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed the Dread Discourse. Until next week, stay spooky!